Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homer Superior, issue 153. I'm Brent Wingate. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm Adam. And this week, we have more complications of releasing films during a pandemic. The Powderpuff Girls are getting a new TV show. Uh, D- DC Fandom has dropped a bunch of new trailers and info about their movies and games. And of course, we have this week's comic books. Um, so let's start out. Uh, it looks like uh, releasing an unreleasable movie without early screenings might have backfired slightly as several news stories are refusing to review movies that aren't being made available out of movie theaters. In this case, it's, as you may have guessed, friend of the podcast, New Mutants. Um, the Boston Globe, AV Club, RogerEbert.com, and IndieWire have all stated no movie review is worth uh, risking getting people sick. So with that, um, how do you guys think studios might be able to release often bad movies during a pandemic and not lose tons of money? And are there any movies you think are, that are worth it to get risk getting COVID more? Well, yeah, so just one of the biggest things about this is like, it's the perfect culmination of terribleness, right? So you've got what I, uh, I'm assuming to be a really bad movie because they're not doing any pre-screeners. And that's precisely what half of these reviewers are asking for. It's like, if, if you don't, if you put like sort of embargo or you don't do a digital release that allows people to see it ahead of time, they're not going to review it. It's not that they don't want to review it at all, but it's like, you have to, you Every single bad movie is always say is always like they don't release it uh, early for reviewers, and so nothing about this speaks to a good situation for the movie or or for the fans or for the the reviewers themselves. Uh, with that said, uh, one of the uh, maybe slight, very little spoilers. We actually haven't seen the movie, so we don't know if this is actually true. But uh, <laughs> something we posted just on our Instagram was the New Mutants movie was so dedicated to character magic right that it spent three years in limbo uh who was the who was the writer of that tweet christopher sabella it's a perfect tweet and you this is how this is how like uh like my yeah well this is how my acting career never took off yeah (laughs) great joke i'm trying to think if there's any movie that i would risk getting sick for the answer is no uh, well, it, are you going to get like asymptomatic COVID or are you going to get like intubator <laughs> COVID? Because I would definitely, I would do, I would definitely get some level of COVID that doesn't kill me or put me in the hospital or endanger other people if I can quarantine to see like, I, well, I guess it wouldn't be Black Widow. It'd be like something later, but it, I would, it'd have to be like the next Avengers, but I wouldn't know what ha- was happening because I yeah, never saw the I- other one. I would totally die just to see the next Avengers. It's not even made right now, but if like I somehow <laughs> looked into the future, but then I got COVID directly related to it, I'd be like, um, okay, yeah. And then I, I was wondering like, if there was like some unreleased movie that would have just been great to see the version of, but it was destroyed or doesn't exist anymore. Like to, to be able to have a copy of the original Star Wars, maybe that George. Yeah didn't destroy the Snyder cut of uh, Schindler's <laughs> list or something like that. Yeah, no. of course. <laughs> it's the worst combination of, of <laughs> that's bleak. Yeah, that's not great. What um, about you, Clark? 
I just said, I don't know if there is one. I mean, I, I would have probably said if Dark was only in the movie theaters and not on a TV show, I'd probably, if it wasn't on Netflix and I just had to sit in a movie theater for what, eight hours, I would be fine with, uh, that would be the only thing really. <laughs> but but then, then you're like super safe because how many people are going to a movie theater to watch a German TV show for eight hours? <laughs> you know what? I'll do it. Yeah. I that think you actually, me. you definitely underrepresent the amount of people that would totally sign up to do that. <laughs> That's true. Um, we should talk about something that did come out. Um, the director uh, did come out with an interview on Gizmodo and um, they directly uh, <laughs> addressed the racism problem in the movie, which is sort of whitewashing of a couple different characters. Uh, Cecilia Reyes is one of them, but also also Sunspot in the movie. Uh, he has some very unfavorable quotes. They're pretty long, so I don't want to do it. But he did at one point say, I didn't care so much about the racism I've heard about in Brazil, about light-skinned versus dark-skinned. To me, I wanted to represent Brazil in a positive way. I wanted to find somebody who seems like they could like a guy who's had their silver spoon in their mouth, who has really rich dad and just exemplified all these things. That's the point. I get what he's saying, but it's tough. Clark. I didn't, until this, we were never really told why the choice was made. I thought it wasn't really, I thought it was just like internalized racism and not, he actually made a point of doing this. Externalized. <laughs> I, I was, Minorly much rather of him just like chosen the actor and not chosen him because he wanted it to be a non-racial situation. Sunspot's origin story is race related. His right. entire situation is the fact that his parents are which richest shit, but he is dark skinned. It's infuriating. Yeah. I, certainly trying to, you know, not feed into the 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 real racist tensions of like not being dark enough that, you know, often people are leveled with. Um, and, you know, that like, you can't avoid that with Sunspot. And <clears throat> also the problem is, is that um, there is part of a cultural tradition as well that the wealth in society is presumed to be among the people who are lighter skinned because their families historically uh, are Europeans who are able to colonize and remain in Brazil. And so like pushing it in that direction doesn't clearly help. It just shows that he doesn't really understand how serious that issue is. I mean, the character's girlfriend was white and she was murdered because she was with him. It was a dark skinned man. It, I don't understand the thought process. I, they just want to sanitize the fuck out of it. But this is Fox. This is a Fox holdover. Yeah. holdover so they don't care about anything. Keep in mind, though, the next time that Boone makes a movie, we'll all be dead by the time it gets released. So that is true. That is a silver lining. That is the silver spooned lining. Yeah. The year, the year is 2089. Boone has released a new film. There is only Boom. one director left, and his name is Boone. Boom. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, continuing with shameless cash grabs, the Powderpuff Girls uh, is getting a live action series on the CW. Uh, it will be written and executive produced by Heather Regnier and Diablo Cody. Ugh. I'm curious how you guys think they'll handle some of the villains 
And should the characters have eyes proportional to their cartoon counterpart? <laughs> Why is the I answer wonder, yes? How are they going to handle the Powerpuff Girls themselves? Are they going to be six-year-olds? No, no, no. Okay, so they did make they did make a statement on how it would be. It would be a group of twenty-somethings. No, that, I'm done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the right response. So it was. After I obviously didn't read this article. It was after a life of uh, heroing when they were younger and sort of the trauma that came along with that, but also some sexiness, I assume, because it's- This is awful. This is gross. I hate it. It, What's annoying to me is that they wouldn't have just created a show that did it, what that was, I mean, I get why it's licensed, but like, I think it's a great, it's like a cute way to look at things. Like, it's also, like, if you took like, a Shira type and said, what's her life like when she actually grows up? Like, I like that concept. Totally. But yeah. you don't do it with an actual license because it's never going to be able to go as extreme as you want it. And it probably won't really have anything real to say, especially given that it's on the CW. <laughs> but it's- also, visual effects will be insane. They will look redonk. Like, they should have just made this an animated show and yeah. like done a grown-up version, just like you said, Adam. That that would have been perfect, honestly. I don't know how they do anybody. I get. I think they'll be fine with Princess. They'll just cast her as another redheaded bitch. <laughs> well, what about him? No, they're not going to do. Well, yeah, him. Oh my god! You know, transphobic character, but also amazing character. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Make him pro-trans, and <laughs> but make yeah. him crazy at the same. I don't know how you do it. Tra- him is yeah. <laughs> There is something about the Powderpuff Girls that part of the thing that I think made it really fun was that it was this transparently bubbly, poppy show that had a lot of like very subtle digs about society that would just come in at random moments in time. They wouldn't be the kind of, you know, darker undercurrent that you might see in, you know, later cartoons, but it was still a lot of fun and allowed you to just enjoy something while getting a slight sting. It, it does definitely overall sound like an executive room nightmare planning session where it's like, all right, we had Sabrina, we had Riverdale, we've got our Arrowverse, what's another crazy show oh, that we no, Adam. for nowadays? Adam, yeah. they, they have a, a wall with a bunch of characters written on it and they're like, Samurai Jack, uh, Powderpuff Girls, and they are just throwing darts at that wall. <laughs> With, with that in mind, can you guys come up with a version of, like, something you would actually want to see come to fruition? I want in terms of, like, a version. cartoon, that'd be the wrong way. I oh. want a nightmare version of Street Sharks. Oh. <laughs> to have floppy costumes. I want them to be very clearly an actor in a show. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, they, they could do it like, you know how the original Ninja Turtle mo- live action movies were? Yes. It was clearly just a dude in a suit. Like, they could yeah. totally do that with that. That'd be awesome, actually. I, yeah, I want them like that. I want them to do properties that aren't as beloved. Like, I want it to be, you know, have you seen the, the show The Snorks? It's like yes. the Snorks, but underwater and lame. I want that to be like oh, straight yeah. up horror, just crazy <laughs> Snorks just going after each other. I, I was always a Nickelodeon gal. And so, like, I watched all those cartoons. I never watched Cartoon Network or anything like that. So I would love to see, like, a grown-up version of Fairly Odd Parents where that kid, like, grew up. Ah. They've got these, like, insane pests of, like, godparents always, like, annoying him. And, like, 
granting him wishes, but it's also problematic. And the dad probably cheats on his wife too. You know what I mean? Something like that. I could see um, sort of like, yeah, like I just love this idea of like mature, but like in a real grown up way. So it's like, I think of like, uh, a knockoff of the Power Rangers where it's like they killed the Rita Repulsa type and then there was nobody else after that. So they have these extreme powers, but like they've like moved on from them essentially. Cause they it's like, no who needs a Mastodon robot to like do construction? Kind of like- <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just like paying fees for like rental space and like garages and stuff like that. And they're like, I have a giant pterodactyl. That's metal. What do I do with it? You have to like that. pay taxes on it. Like it's expensive. Totally. And it's really just slice of life, too. They're not having fun. Yeah. <laughs> they have a storage unit with a, you know, one of their uh, morphs in there. Just really somehow it fit through the door, but not in the building. <laughs> well, oh, and it actually could start is that by the end of the season, they visit the old cave and they find Zordon. And he has like just literally been sitting there for like 30 years. Yeah. No one's spoken to him. He's just been stuck in that tube the whole time. <laughs> and they don't give a shit because they just treat him like an iPhone. They're just like, mm-hmm, okay, great. <laughs> cool, Siri. Is it Siri? Yeah. They don't give a shit. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some trailers. Uh, so DC Fandom came out last week with a bunch of announcements and different trailers. Uh, the Batman got its first gritty emo trailer featuring a Batman who seems to be working with the cops, a duct-taped Riddler, Joker thugs, a Catwoman who isn't Michelle Pfeiffer for some reason, and Jeffrey Wright standing around a film as Jeffrey Wright. It's directed by Matt Reeves. What are some of your initial thoughts? I loved it. I was surprised how much I, I did not really want to be on board for this, but I thought it was great. Um, I don't know why the Riddler loves duct tape so much, but <laughs> I can, I can move on from that. But like, I am very excited for this gritty, not Christopher Nolan take on it. At first I thought it was maybe going to get a little bit too close to that sort of spectrum of like, you know, we're trying to be rough and t- like, mm-hmm. but I, I do think it, is going to pan out pretty well. I'm, I'm excited for it. There was a bunch of Easter eggs in there. There's, there's so much to dissect that it has me very excited for this hopefully self-contained Batman, the Batman, sorry, universe contained all by itself. I love that they're introducing a million characters to flesh out later. This is the way that I think you should do Batman. I'm really excited about it. It reminded me, uh, it definitely felt a little bit like a Nolan retread for me, but it felt like The Dark Knight, which is what what really excited me. So like, I, to your point, uh, I was definitely kind of shitting on it ahead of seeing real stuff. And I do think the trailer, like, the trailer convinced me enough I wanted to see it. I don't know if I'm going to get anything completely original, but it does seem like it's going to be a well-done movie. And it almost like, I kind of almost like that it, it feels like it exists in the Nolanverse in the sense that I don't, we don't have to like, relearn his history we don't have to relearn a starting point of the character he may not really learn that much on this journey but it'll probably be a really fun action story kind of like if you just picked up a random uh trade paperback for like a batman story where you don't really need to know the beginning and the end it's just a really nice uh collection with all the specifics the only thing i did hate about it was the fact that uh fucking robert pattinson's hair as bruce wayne is fucking ugly as shit it's like a weird split part he looks like a fucking 12 year old nobody and i hate it i thought i thought they were just promoting panic at the disco in this fucking trailer because it was like <laughs> ridiculous uh, I, 
I don't know why you guys like this at all. This looks horrendous. What? The last what? moment where we see like his emo eyes is his emo hair. I just laughed. It's so embarrassing looking and boring and like trying to be grim dark at the same time. It, I don't know. I find this incredibly lame. I the other Clark. I think the reason why Riddler shit. What? I just gonna say the reason why I think it really sticks out to me is, and I I can I didn't really like how they played the Riddler gritty, but I love a good seven type murder mystery thing. So that's actually why I was more sold than anything else. Well, I think yeah, I was thinking of it like the movie Seven when they're just like, oh, you got to figure out the clue. Like I was like sort of excited for that. Well, like you're, a also, you're saying it. Thriller. It didn't stand out to me at all. It just seemed like an amalgam of everything that's come before. The fact that, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, that that it's like the last Batman, best, best, the Justice League, and everything is just awful. I don't like the. I just don't like where it's any of the DC movies are headed. I don't know. To go along with the grittiness aspect to it, I I was getting a kind of seven but also, weirdly, a number 23. <laughs> and I think that maybe part, that's my brain connecting the Riddler to Jim Carrey. But um, I w the two things that struck me the most, um, I, I think that his costume looked and the car looked a lot less stupid than I think the initial shots made them out to be. I like this costume a lot. Yeah. And the concern I have and the hope that they pull it off is something, you know, I've said it before, but you can't write a character that's, that, that's smarter than you. And so if they can pull off a Riddler who actually comes up with a clever mystery that Batman actually has to use his brain to solve, um, I think that will make it a very satisfying movie. Well, and that's why I said it, like it reminded me more of The Dark Knight than whatever, the Dark Knight Rises, which I didn't really end up liking that much. Cause the Dark Knight, I mean, granted it was a very sim small part of the game, but like even just like the fun intensity of the two different locations and every shit that was happening before Maggie Gyllenhaal got exploded. Um, it was like, I just enjoy that sort of more gritty murder serial killer plot. That's my, that's like my horror coming through, which is why I think I enjoyed it. I will tell you that I was very bored by the I Am Vengeance fight because it's like the same <laughs> shit we've seen from Batman since the 80s. Um, but that I think that's, it's, I'm glad you like kind of pushed Clark because I'm like, oh, that's why I did enjoy it beyond the generic it. Because even though it's a generic serial killer movie, I still really like it. Ryan? Um, when the, oh, sorry, go. Um, no, it, it is a rehash in some ways, but I think they've looked at Batman for so many times that like some of the stuff is gonna just be overlapping. I think like him actually being smart, Riddler is my favorite villain of all time. Like I think he's, I mean, Jim Carrey's betrayal, I loved, I'm sorry, but like uh, it's it, too close to home. But like, I do, I do think this will probably turn out some stuff. I do wanna bring something up that like, just a quick little snapshot that happened during the trailer. Um, there is a little image of the penguin and this is Colin Farrell. And I think, I think it's a bit of makeup, but it's also CGI as well. And he looks truly like the penguin and fucking insane. So yeah. I, I do applaud them for making me go, what? Clark? So, 
you know the cipher, the the cryptic that they have in that picture to the bat, not picture, excuse me, to the Batman, the um, Christmas birthday yeah. card or whatever the hell card it was. Yes, it literally yeah. took someone like three minutes to figure it out because it was such an easy cryptic to do. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just a straight cryptic? It's just like transfer one letter for another. No, no, no. no. It, it, it was something to the effect. It was something to the, the riddle was like something to the effect of. It was um. When does a liar? What does a liar do when he's dead? And the answer one, he lies still. And the reason it was so easy was because there are few words, a few letters that have a double at the end, like double L, double S, and that's and double E and stuff. So basically, it took this guy no time, and his name was Andrew Lane. He did it over Twitter, and he was talking about how like he can't do taxes, he doesn't know this or that, his wife has to do so much for him. <laughs> he still <laughs> like, figured this, this is out. so easy, but don't 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 think that I'm smart. Okay, okay. so I, let me say then, I'm not excited about this movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is he the Batman? Then doesn't that make him the Batman? Let's just point to the obvious one. It's yeah, obvious. it was it was no, Robert no, no, no. Pattinson. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the Riddler. I will say the one thing I would have appreciated, like the one thing that would have kicked this trailer up a notch is that if that cipher, they just made it for the trailer and was like, fuck you for figuring this out. Go watch the movie. Like yeah. something like if they had played with people inside the trailer, I think that would have been a really smart advertising opportunity. So. All right, so uh, we also got a new, uh, the newest Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, and other than showing the entirety of the movie, we got. Our- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is uh, is Kristen Wiig perfect? Will this movie claw its way to being a box office hit? Ooh, oh. lining itself up to lose money. <laughs> um, you're a monster, first and foremost. Um. <laughs> I, I'm super excited for this movie. Uh, the humor hits for me. The, the visuals look good. It feels, I'm hoping that they don't do just some stupid, bombastic, nonsense fight at the very end. But it kind of looks like it might go that way. But with that said, I do like the visual of Kristen Wiggett as Cheetah. Yeah. I think it looks good. She sort of looks like a like a sexy Wendigo. I love it. <laughs> I I originally thought that Max, what is it, Maxwell? What's the? What was it? Lord. Yeah, Maxwell. I thought I assumed that they were gonna spin that plot off. But to your point, Brent, given that we saw the entire movie, it feels like. Obviously, Maxwell has a big plan for world domination, and then Cheetah, because she's transformed, probably kills Maxwell, and then they have that big... It's going to be... That's actually what I'm worried about, uh, Ryan. You're right. Like It's going to be that big knockout set third act, just like with War and her in the first one, and that sucked. And so I, I, I think I'm like cautiously... like It'll be a fun movie. I'm not super excited to see it. I don't think it's going to have like tons of lasting appeal, but it doesn't seem like anything um, bad. It just seems like it'll be like, okay, that was okay. Brent? What's that line Wonder Woman has where she says, oh no, Brenda, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> As she's like throwing uh, her friend through like a fucking wall. She's like, naughty, naughty. You shouldn't have had another drink. You know, like, no, she transferred her, her whole goddamn body. I've never seen something, you know, that's so going to be a meme after that movie comes out. <laughs> Dear God, Brent. I... I guess I'm not usually the last person who talks about a movie and shits on it, but I'm really excited for this now after this trailer. I know it shows the entire damn thing, but it's things I wanted to see. 
Mm-hmm. I am worried that, you know, like, it's the three-act structure, but the last movie had a sudden fourth act. I hope there's not just an extra 15 minutes where we're slowly dying after we kill off the main bad guy. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It looks fun. Kristen Wiig looks great. The the CGI the character looks horrifying, like, in a good way. Yeah. Well, so you, I liked her as Cheetah, but I will say that I don't know if there's just something about, because I just know Kristen Wiig too well from SNL, where I'm like, when she's like sort of more jazzed up after her like scientist phase, I'm like, you just look like a heroin addict. <laughs> she's like sitting, she's sitting, on the plane, she's sitting on the plane with Maxwell Lord with like wet hair. She looks like she hasn't slept for a couple of days. I'm like, this does not seem very cool. This is this the is, 80s. Everyone this, yeah. was on COVID. Oh, okay, okay, fair. That's fair. The heroin chic look from the 80s. Yeah, Adam, it's it's the 80s. Kristen Wiig is throwing herself in a tornado at Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Get with it. What happened? Right. We should move on. Uh, we In some TV news, uh, season three of the shit show, Titans, uh, will feature Barbara Gordon as the police commissioner, Scarecrow as a Hannibal Lecter type consultant, and it'll be set in Gotham City. Can they save the Titans from bad character development and acting? <laughs> Any excitement about this news? Uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I think I like Titans more than anyone else on this podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It'll probably be good that they don't have this like globe-trotting plot. I have no idea what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm cautiously excited about it, but without really a lot of news. I'm actually, I'm excited for Scarecrow, although I do find it weird that he's like the consultant. Cause obviously sort of doing like cheap uh, parlor tricks of like people hallucinating is one of the cheapest ways to do, I feel like special effects and keep the plot line moving. Cause I, they're obviously all very powerful in some capacities. So like, how do you stop Raven? You just fucking make her assume that her dad is back or some shit like that. Um, right. Um, I love Barbara Gordon. She's great. Any yeah. character this show brings up is going to be ruined immediately. This show is <laughs> bad. Know. It's, it's tough. It's and exhausting. It, it, it's not looking well for them that they're de- they're already going to the Batman villains that they know are slightly popular. Yeah. Because it, it shows that they don't really have faith in the rest of the cast. They can't create their own characters like uh, it doesn't bode well, but will I watch every episode? Yes, yes, I will. For like yeah. eighty-three cast members. Yeah. If we well, maybe Scarecrow will be one. Yeah. Who knows? I know that Jason Todd is going to go uh, full, oh, right. um, full bad, or fight against them. Which Red Hood. Uh, I think that was the only dynamic character last season. That actor is good. He's a yeah. piece of shit, but. And he is the hottest lesbian I've ever seen. Oh my god, yeah. I'm so attracted to him. I'm just looking forward to this season being uh, countdown till Scarecrow is out of Arkham Asylum. Right? (laughs) (laughs) If he's the fucking big bad, I'm gonna just throw myself out of a window and be caught by Batwing or not. Well, well, if he does a jailbreak... And then all of the rest of Batman villains are the villains for the rest of like Titans. I'll just slip my throat and then play a go- <laughs> like one of the like fucking Batman games that we've had every single time. All right, um, moving on. Uh, what do we have? What do we have? Did I delete? You got some movie oh. game game news. Oh yeah. Sorry, I clicked something weird. Okay, in video game news, uh, we got a trailer for Gotham Knights. 
And in it, an attack on Gotham City has killed Batman, leaving a gap for crime to fill. Uh, Robin Hood, uh, Red Hood. <laughs> Robin, yeah, Hood. Robin Hood shows up. Whoa, this is a weird <laughs> we got, crossover. Oh, we got Robin Hood. We got Little John, Maid Marian. The whole gang is here. Uh, Red Hood, Robin, Nightwing, and Batgirl are teaming up to save the city, which is always in danger and probably isn't worth saving given how much it costs to keep together. What do you guys think? Uh, what did you think of the trailer? It looks good. It's five minutes long. It, it does look good. Um, I'm excited to play the other characters. I, I play all these like Gotham games and I'm obsessed with them. Um, I think they're super fun. Uh, I just hope when Batgirl is like going across the city, uh, the villains and other people just aren't calling her a fucking bitch and a <laughs> slut like they did the Catwoman like back yeah. in the day. Maybe move on from that. What game did know. they do that? Oh, uh, the, <laughs> uh, the yeah, no, the arc, the because uh, in the arc was it? It was Arkham City. You could play as Catwoman as the secondary character. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in Arkham Knight, they added that you could play as Nightwing and Batgirl, but mostly for DLC. Yeah, that was um, just extra later. Right. And if you hit the A button, all the villains called you a slut. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, his, uh, uh, Krull's controller's broken. Um, the, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's by the same, uh, so Rocksteady Studios, uh, they made the entire Arkham series so far, which has been excellent. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think adding co-op is great because I think, I'm trying, I don't think there was ever really a full co-op component. I know you got to have scenes where you'd fight with like an AI. Uh, and it was very cool because there was like tag team moves and things like that. Um, it feels like it's going to be a fully fleshed out game. The one, the thing that I find the funniest is that it's not actually set in the Arkham verse because they didn't want to actually kill the Batman from those past three or four games, actually, because there was also Origins. Um, but Rocksteady does an amazing job, uh, and I think it's in really good hands. So I'm very excited to see what they do next. Are you excited about the graphics? Because to me, they they look exactly like all of the other Arkham games. You're uh, not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's, it's not that advanced, honestly. I think they probably spent more time on figuring out how to do the co-op and, like, gameplay, right? Because that's, well, that's what I find interesting is, like, the original game had a lot of, like, stealth modes and, like, little things that you do by yourself. So I don't, I don't know how it's going to fully play out, Ryan. Um, they... they uh... I, I think they're trying to make each character very different for a change, which is really nice. Uh, so, so many people online are comparing this one to the Avengers game and sort of the graphics sort of in the face area sort of look a little bit off in both games, but people like at the end of the day, they're already like, well, why is the Batman game so much better than Avengers? And like, <laughs> can we just play them both are you probably right yes because the avengers game looks stupid as fuck looks horrible. Like, yeah it look yeah <laughs> it does it does look like they're all clay face the they're beta is not great yeah so yeah. Ryan, Ryan, your comment is can't we just play the games and not compare them although one is better than the other <laughs> yeah. and, you know, but the critics are right sometimes you know I, I will play the sequel. I want to play as Damian Wayne. I just want to be like a 10-year-old going around killing a bunch of people. <laughs> uh, just like your childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want to, to remember everything. It feels good. 
All right, so in uh, other video game news, we also got our first trailer for the new Suicide Squad game. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League and the Birds of Prey for the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. (laughs) uh, Metropolis is being invaded by alien forces. Superman and presumably the entire Justice League are under some sort of mind control. Probably, I don't know. And it's up to the wacky Guardians of the Ga- I mean, uh, Suicide Squad. To say. <laughs> the game comes out in two years, but it's already gotten a lot of criticism for uh, how it looks. Is it too early to judge? What do you think? Yes, it is. It's not out. <laughs> everyone calm down. I know we're all bored, but sh- calm the fuck down, everyone. It looks fun. It, it's, it's a cool idea to do, like, these street level like villains against basically the most superheroes that could ever superhero. Like it's a cool idea for them to all have to gang up to try to like defeat, like basically the strongest people in the entire world. I'm excited for that. It's kind of how video games work normally, which I actually really appreciate that. Like, you know, having uh, your typical characters always fighting bosses that are like 17,000 more times powerful than uh than people i yeah. i think um this game actually does take place in the arkham verse of the previous four games oh, does but it? i'm also really confused on how they'll kind of tie all that together because they haven't really introduced anything beyond batman um since since those games were out so uh, but, but uh, this is happening in metropolis though yeah. like, or at least the teaser trailer or whatever yeah that yeah, yeah. Was. yeah so it could be just another city <laughs> My guess, if I had to, would be that the kind of like beating of all the Justice League is going to work kind of like uh, a God of War, and I'll be interested yeah. to see how they rank the the power level of each of the Justice League members. Because obviously, Superman's going to be number one. Totally, yeah. Two, but I wonder if Batman will be like an outside element, or if he will be coming to play at all. I would love an Aquaman battle where he's not anywhere near water and he's the first. <laughs> and Boomerang just keeps throwing the boomerang in the water. Just keep on doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts on the trailers? No. All right. Uh, let's go to Adam for a Suicide Squad-based game. Adam? Awesome. Well, so the Suicide Squad roster for the actual movie was released at DC Fandom and there were a lot of people on there that I certainly didn't know existed before, like Ratcatcher and Javelin and uh, Amanda Waller. I knew her. <laughs> but but uh, I did do some digging, and there are a lot. Did you know that there are a shitload of weird fucking Suicide Squad members? What was uh, that now? You did it now. You did, you, I'm seeing no. some heads. So I'm actually surprised decided, Ratcatcher made it to the list. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I decided to hopefully help the uh, listeners as well as you all uh, know about Suicide Squad members, but I've also thrown in a few that may not actually exist. And so this is a little game that we usually call Did It Happen? And so I'm going to give you a kind of bio about somebody, and I want you to let me know if you actually thought they were part of the Suicide Squad or not, right? So let's do thumbs up for yes. Thumbs down for no, not a Suicide Squad, real member. Got it. Makes sense? Yeah. All right, so first up, Fortune. A queen of the Austrian underground, Fortune can manifest entities and items from her tarot cards as situationally needed. Thumbs up, yes. Thumbs down, no. I'm giving that up. I got 
Three dumbs down. You're right. She doesn't exist. I Yay! Mean, <laughs> I hate her origin. Uh, chemo. <laughs> chemo. Oh. A failed science homunculus, Chemo has limited intelligence, but superhuman strength and can project hazardous materials. I'm going to give that up. Jesus. This is horrible. And, you know, everything was a different time. so I'm Yeah, gonna... this is bad. Three thumbs up. Chemo was, in fact, a real member of the interim <laughs> Suicide Squad, the 1992 to 2001 run. Can they not be now, though? What's up? Oh. Can they, Can they not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could see Fortune being one. I was pretty proud of some of the ones I came up with. Uh, the, so the next one is the Hunky Punk. An ordinary <laughs> history teacher, the Hunky Punk was imbued with mystical power given to him by a dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care if this is real or not. I want it. I got two yes, one no. It is actually real. From yes. 2014 to 2016, <laughs> New Suicide Squad run. Yikes. It is, these are some real, I like went deep to try to find the weirdest fucking people. That from the sounds awesome. Yeah. But uh, in that universe, his dog told him to kill, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's the son of Sam. All right, next up is Baby Boy. A mafia hitman, Baby Boy has super strength, but has not grown in height since he went through puberty in the 70s. Three down. He does not actually exist. You are smarter than I am. <laughs> but, but baby boy, he stays on my mind now. So. Uh, Slipknot. A trained assassin, Slipknot is a master in the use of ropes and has created a compound to make his ropes nearly indestructible. That sounds really stupid. <laughs> it's actually really hard to come. It, it, he is real. Yeah. He was real. He was in the squad, Super, Suicide Squad Volume 1, 1987 to 1992. Uh, yeah, you, it was difficult to like balance like how stupid you could make them because many of them are stupid enough to be real. <laughs> He's really uh, good at knots. <laughs> Catch-22. A waitress in the right place at the wrong time. Catch-22 gained the ability to see two short-term realities of choices thanks to a device from an alternate reality. I think that's not real. Two, Two real, one no. Catch-22 is not real. Yeah. I'm writing that series, though. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, I was like, I'm, I was like, these are that cool sounds fun. Yeah. So when, she, when she faces off against like the evil version of herself, it's like Catch-44. <laughs> or possibilities. Uh, shock Top. An electrician stuck, struck while fixing a telephone pole. Shock Top uses a high-tech helmet to channel electrical currents. I hate it. I, I'm, I'm thumbs downing with prejudice. We got two for yes, one for no. Shock Top is not real. Then why did I have one the other night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Novella, a critically acclaimed author who went bankrupt, Novella discovered an ancient Egyptian artifact that allowed her to write the future. Yeah, thumbs up. Clark's giving it a full pizza. Three thumbs <laughs> up. Novella is not real. Uh, I, was really, I was really proud like of that one. A series. These are great. I, I love came them. up with that one right before the podcast. <laughs> it's very good. I like it. That one. That one has a lot of the uh, the historian dog vibes. Right. <laughs> uh, and then finally is Julie, puppeteer by day, thief by night. Julie carries a set of jewels that contain different properties <laughs> like hypnosis. 
No, I want this yeah, to be no. real. I don't care. Yeah, no. Two, no, one, yes. Julie is actually real. No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> was... This is why I don't read DC Comics right now. <laughs> oh, this is I I'm glad cannot... that the one... Go ahead, Clark. The two stupidest ones are real. That's all I cared about. <laughs> Hockey Puck or whatever his name, Hunky Punk and, and Julie. I can't tell you. What's funny is that Julie was actually in the most recent DC animated universe movies uh, on the Suicide Squad show. So she has a boyfriend named Punch. Uh, oh, yeah, Punch and Judy. Yeah, there are really fucking stupid characters in the DC universe because there's so many old ones that they keep making. I also love I love that our resident like DC person is not here today. So we're we were just like, ow, like anything's possible. I thought you said Julie. A chartreuse lantern? Okay. Yeah, just yeah. like we didn't care at yeah, all. Yeah. It is it is Julie. Punch and Julie. Julie. Is it? Yeah. Okay. She has you need to learn Clark. your suicide squad members, Clark. Well I got it right, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys want to do some comics let's do it um start out with uh hellions number three uh so the misfit team of hellions led by mr sinister and psylocke goes to investigate one of sinister's clone warehouses to discover madeline Pryor is making a bunch of mutant clones to take over krakoa she and havoc uh have an interesting reunion and Psylocke has to establish boundaries with Wild Child. <laughs> My dream is to be kissed like that. <laughs> so, Clint, do you want to tell us full, how? Full kiss. bloody mouth, just making out. After I rip off, some, after I cut open my own mouth, that's how I want to kiss. That shows that's, that shows true respect and love. Um, you've never bumped someone in the nose by accident, and then you just get a bloody kiss. <laughs> I oh, want to no. bring that up because that happened to me at, as a youth. So, like, I feel like we've all had those kisses at some point, but not as passionate. So, I understand. Like, did your uh, nose bleed or did their nose bleed? No, my lips no. bled. No, oh, uh, yes. Well, that's really gross. No, yeah. <laughs> your your past sickens me. <laughs> to me, um, this felt like a fun issue, but honestly, it kind of seemed like it could have just been tacked on to the prior issue because there's no the, the only extra piece of information we got was that the these mutant clones are going to be attacking Krakoa. Ryan? How dare you not let Madeline Pryor have her character development? She's literally been whitewashed out of everything in her life and you won't even let her have an issue dedicated to her. Sorry, she Madeline who? Pryor! <laughs> She needs this. She needs this. So I was happy for her. Um, I liked the continuity, like heavy relationships that they went into uh, with all the marauders. And then also, uh, <laughs> and then also just like how Havoc, Cyclops, Madeline have all had this like weird relationship. I thought it was great. I really like this issue. Um, and she has so much right to be a crazy, insane person that is in a clone farm and hates her clones, but she is one herself. Like she, it, it justified so much to me. Um, also, she I looks like, great. She looks I great. I like the scenes between Arclight and who was once called Scalp Hunter because mm. they were kind of no together longer. back in the 80s. Yes. Uh, 
Grey Crow or whatever his name is now. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I just like the the history and connecting all these old stories and r- relationships up. Yeah. I also like the infographic page where it was talking about whether Sinister was in charge or if Psylocke's in charge and we don't even know where she is or like what her, you know, what her mind is like at the moment. I don't know. I just like all, I just, I like the series a lot. This issue was really good. It was a, I liked it as a carry through issue. I can definitely see Brent, your problems with like the overall narrative, not really advancing, but I, I also, I, at the same time, um, I agree with both, uh, both Ryan and Clark that I really liked the character development. Cause I think when Madeline was last uh, seen was X-Men blue, or at least that was like a big, proponent when she made like dark beast or whatever um and the hex men and like that was some bullshit because she had like she's like here i am now i'm evil again blah whereas this i think felt very in continuity to what is what are more considered like the big blockbusters of the x-men comic series um but yeah as a standalone issue did it really like engage me even further no i felt a little bit slow but i, I liked all of the kind of conversation there's definitely it sounds like a lot of easter eggs for for like real real hardcore fans see i felt like this was a necessity as an issue i thought there was a lot of narrative narrative growth because the characterization had to happen in order to create the narrative in general fair it which yeah which is actually like some of the problems in some of the other comics that we're gonna be talking about today Yes. Yeah, I wasn't upset by the, the the interaction between Psylocke and Wildchild and how his problems really run very deep to who he is as a person and that he is someone who does need help um, rather than just being this kind of like wacky, angry, crazy character. And this is the wild child from the Age of Apocalypse universe, right? There is like no, no other wild child or? No. Oh. <laughs> This wild child's been around since like the, she's uh, like late seventies. I don't even remember. He was part of Beta Flight, which was Alpha Flight's secondary team, and mm-hmm. then he became part of Alpha Flight, and then he showed up everywhere. He was in part of X Factor for a while. Okay. And Alpha Flight is Beta Flight's secondary team, right? <laughs> They're secondary to each other. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about. Um, let's just quickly talk about deceased. Hope at Worlds in number eight. So as the world descends into zombieism from an anti-life equation, two heckin' good doggos and their horsey and a chimpanzee save a girl from zombies. Any thoughts on this? Other than that it was cute, Ryan? <laughs> it was cute. I'd like to read it. was super cute. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's not going to make me run out and join uh, DC Fandom. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 was, it was just nice. But we could have had this issue with Lockheed. I just, it was just nice and cute and I liked it, um, but that's about it. It's a testament to Tom Taylor's writing, but yeah, it was relative. Again, this is the biggest problem with that world's end, which is like if it was intermixed with all of the other world changing cataclysmic situations that were happening in the original six episode, six issue series, it would have been, it would have hit just so much better if it was just a combined series. And we know we say that every week, but like, to your point, it's like a, it's a wonderful little short story, like a little vignette of like what happens with people in a zombie world. But it just it's like, what are you what are you really getting out of it? Um, all right, let's move on to X Factor number two. So <clears throat> after discovering mysterious circumstances around the death of Aurora, North Star sister, 
A new X-Factor investigations team sets up shop in the Boneyard and gets their first official mission, a murder in the Mojoverse that the X-Factor team goes to investigate. We also get a special appearance from Clark's favorite flat scan, Kyle. Mm. How excited were you to see Kyle? Fine, I don't know. I guess I have to get used to him because he's going to be there. I mean, he's he just was doing in. what he does best, which is like just watch TV and do nothing. I know, I he, got, he has it. to go to work. Yeah. I think um, I was a little bit glad, you know, I did audibly groan when Mojo showed up, but I was very happy that they kind of tried to dispense away with him as a character relatively quickly. Brent, you didn't. They don't give a shit about this stuff. Brent, you didn't miss his relationship with Glob Herman. <laughs> Look, that is the only. Uh, that is the 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 glitter, the edible glitter that's been swallowed by someone and is on his on that pile of shit of a character. <laughs> um, I, once again, I think the characterization just have gotten worse and worse. I love the fact when they were voting, they were voting on all the different X Factor members as to go into, I don't know what the fuck they were going into, into the, whatever the nonsense. Anyways, yeah. um, shot. Where, the, where the readers and the voters are like going through and, you know, writing text messages yeah. and stuff. And I like the fact that they basically said that this Polaris has no gravitas. And I was like, point. Because ah. <laughs> like yeah. this this, and she's a fucking idiot in it. She just runs out like a fool with North Star and gets knocked out. And yeah. now, now, um, oh gosh, just lost Rachel. Now Rachel is off center. Like, when, when, remember she was like cold and harsh, and everyone's like, oh, she's scary. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing with every single character? Brian, yes. the the characterization is off right now, which which it really hurts me because it's only the second issue. So I'm hoping she finds it a little bit later on. Uh, with that said, there's some fun moments, but they, they, she really needs to drill into maybe the dialogue a little bit more or something like that, because I don't feel like these characters are these characters yet. And I, I tend to love when things get wacky real fast, but I think this, it already is the status quo where in the first issue, like they established too much in the first issue. And then the second issue, they're already on the wackiest of wacky adventures of going to Mojoverse. So it's, it's tough to relate to these characters, even though that I do like a lot of them. Brent? I just, to me, the, the, the perfect example of not understanding proper characterization is that in her story, the Mojoverse has rejected a character like Dokken. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Mojo uh, verse. Who, who goes, boo, no, don't show us your dick. Thank you. The internet or TV. It was very weird because one of like the main five uh, outlets that they were doing was Spiral, and they made it seem like hers was all sex, sex, sex. I don't know why they were against. It was very strange. Okay, I can't chime in on few things that I actually have knowledge on, but reality TV shows are <laughs> something I know. Yes. And they if this person was constantly getting naked in the audition process, that person would be a leading member in every, and I meant that double in two ways, like in everything <laughs> oh, you would see going forward. He's just trying to get... He's trying to get naked, and he wants to sleep with every character. The right path would have been 
he became such a big star in Mojoverse that he wants to stay here afterwards because he is beloved in the way he wants to be beloved by using his pheromone powers. Like, that is the correct way to use Docket in Mojoverse. And also, he's probably got a big dick. Sorry. <laughs> I did like the, the reality TV segment and the call and response of them being interviewed. I agree with you, Clark, but like, or actually everybody, none of the choices of who was selected and why made any real yeah. sense. I why just, did they that, pick iBoy? I don't get it. Yeah. That, it was just, that was the most interesting sequence of the comic of this issue. And in general, yeah, this series is, is hitting me poorly because it feels very much like Excalibur where it doesn't really have a goal in mind, but it also is moving so quickly and so weirdly mm -hmm. that I don't know how to hold on. Um, I can see that 100%. Let's all collectively hold off on judgment. Yeah, 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 totally. Until we get a few more, but yeah, it's tough right now. No, let's hold on. Let's hold, let's keep judgment. Uh, <laughs> I run on judgment. I want me to die. <laughs> All right, uh, the last comic is uh, X-Men number 11, Empire. Uh, so the Kotati, uh, who have set up a moon, a base on the moon, have sent troops to attack Krakoa, which displeases Magneto, who handily defeats them as heroes do. Also, there's some fun board games being played. Do you guys like it? I mean, this just shows I why the, I love Magneto so much. I, I did enjoy that they're really trying to explore combining powers together. Yes. Thought, you know, creating a, a volcano with magma and uh, Iceman, uh, and then, uh, you know, taking all these obsidian shards and throwing them at Kotati. Fun. Great. Love it. I, I like it. Oh, that just reminds me so much of, uh, I don't know if you ever played the old series of like X-Men Legends and then Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Mm -hmm. Those entire games are around combining powers and it's really fun to like see it on the page now. I liked when they were questioning Magma about it, had she done her homework? Like Magma, you might be a fool. Did you do any of this so you know what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, did you actually do that? Did yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Because of course I did. Because I'm sure they, like, task everyone with so many different things on this giant fucking island, and they're just like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I looked at, yeah, I looked at the plates or whatever. Um, uh, I, I, one of my favorite parts was the Jumanji beginning with yes. Rock Slide, Loa, <laughs> and Anal. Loved it. Loved it. Give me more. Give me, those, give me that trio any day of the week. I fucking love them. Together. I love all three of them, yeah. They're mm -hmm. so fun. Uh, so, uh, who, do we know who that character was that they met at the stump? Yeah, he was in. Was it the first X Men? X Men One? Or it was. It no. was when they discovered the uh, Anako or Anako? whatever island. Yeah. yeah, they got the other island that was there attaching. Well, we, uh, but we don't know who it really is. He like sh he sh he he rose out of when I think they were fighting all when hit, you know Cyclops and his kids were fighting all the monsters. Loa came and then uh, Apocalypse spoke to him or them, but like there was no. Yeah. confirmation Ryan. i literally laughed out loud when i was in bed and it was super late when magneto just kept dropping more satellites on top yeah. of yes <laughs> boom a boom a boom like it just so many on top of it and just like was like whatever whatever they're secret ones who cares yeah so a good. very uh, uh kaylin point uh the 
the fact that Magneto then says, you know, if they belong to a country, we'll pay for it. If they're a secret military one and they ask, we have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> so good, yeah. Yeah, content-wise, the issue I thought was super strong. It was an interesting, again, like the overall X-Men series has been super interesting since Hickman took over because it's obviously it's an ongoing evolving story, but they tend to kind of do these like vignettes that tie in. So this was obviously a Magneto issue, just like you've had previous issues about certain characters. Um, and I just thought it all really, it worked out well, except for the continuing empire problem, which is that the Kotati are not super interesting. They're just like, it reminds me of like Gears of War almost, where there's just like random grunts or Lord of the Rings, where it's like tons of monsters that have obviously sentience and conversation and are people, but you know nothing about them. So they're really, they're just very drab. And I guess they're just there more for the evolution of the heroes, which is fine. I just, I miss having not even a villain to root for, just for someone to be uh, concerned about, you know? That's fair. They weren't fleshed out at all. I don't think we even need that, though. No, I, I don't know. That, I just love a story where the villain has some credit. You know, I get what the no, issue is trying to achieve, but... We're not going to deal with them again. It doesn't matter. Show Magneto being a badass. <laughs> Build a culture around, uh, you know, hero worship among young people. <laughs> Yeah, nothing could ever come bad of that. I yeah. mean, that's that new series that's coming out, Children of the Atom, is basically going to be that. <laughs> so some great foreshadowing. I thought you said Tickle the Atom, and I was like, is this you know a portal that I haven't heard about? <laughs> you haven't heard of Tickle the Atom? Yeah, it's, it's your OnlyFans. Calm down, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, Clark, just say it's your OnlyFans. Jesus. Yeah. Tickle the Atom? Yeah, we're the, you're the Atom. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, any last thoughts? No. Uh, good week for comics. Not as strong as normal, I feel like. All right. Next week, we've got Empire number six and, of course, more breaking news as it arrives. And starting in September, you can look forward to our uh, upcoming crossover event where we are teaming up with a bunch of other great X podcasts to review the impending Ten of Swords storyline. Um, we'll have more news about that in the coming weeks. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast, and Twitter at Homo Superior X. We've been Homo Superior, and you can check out all of Adam's rejected Suicide Squad characters at your local comic book store or wherever terrible characters are sold. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.